welcome back to episode four of the Reawakening Podcast. I hope you're enjoying these and are getting some help as you seek to take another step closer to feeling more reawakened to God, more alive in Jesus. Today, what I want to talk about is the next of the three biggest pillars when it comes to feeling reawakened to God. When it comes to moving from wherever you are to feeling more alive and fresh with the God of the Bible. The first one is developing a Psalm 119 love for the Bible and putting some effective structures in our lives which will help us sustain and maintain a passion for the Word of God through all the seasons and challenges of life. And that's what we've talked about the last couple episodes. The next pillar that we're going to talk about beginning today and finishing with next week is the pillar of of obedience, or maybe more accurately, humble wholehearted, radical obedience to God in everything. Humble, wholehearted, radical obedience seeks to obey God in everything, every nudge of the Spirit, and seeking to live in a courage beyond comfortable, in a a boldness that, that doesn't just blend in a full obedience, which is not complying with just some sort of minimum standards. Just to be clear, godly courage in in this way, godly obedience is is also kind and gracious towards others. So we're talking about the path of seeing our hearts reawakened to God, moving from where where we are to feeling more fresh and alive in Jesus. Whenever I find my fire for God... My my feeling of freshness and and closeness, not what I want it to be. One of the first things I do is I assess myself in the area of obedience. And so as I said in the first episode, when I came back to Scotland this summer, having been out of my normal rhythms with God for several weeks, going too hard, spending too little time with God, I came back feeling way more distant from God than I wanted to be. Now, I didn't not spend time with God this summer. I even taught, you know, 10 messages at a Bible camp this summer. It's not that I ignored him this summer, but my my rhythms, my daily rhythms, my best practices, my favorite practices when it comes to cultivating my soul and its sense of closeness to God weren't where they usually are. So I returned to Scotland having a Holy Spirit dissatisfaction with my heart's connection to God. And so the first thing I started doing was diving back into the Bible in my my normal ways, cover to cover Bible reading, praying about this feeling of distance. And during a time of prayer, one late July morning, I started assessing myself in the area of obedience. Is there anything in my life that I need to repent about or maybe change or maybe start doing that I'm not doing right now? Is there anything in my life over that time period or or even right now that has brought about some distance to God? Now, before I say anything else, uh, we all have very different levels of sensitivities when it comes to walking with God and obedience. And, and, and some people are, are very gracious with themselves. And, and the power of that is that they can accept God's grace for their past mistakes quickly and easily. But the danger there is not taking seriously enough the real consequences of of living with disobedience and, and really grieving disobedience. Now, other people are really hard on themselves. And, and the power of that is a strong diligence, a, a deep moral uh, compass to being obeying God and everything. But, but the challenge for them can be in, in those moments where they do fall short, finding, it, uh, finding the ability to receive 
the grace from God, extending grace to themselves and, and, and receiving God's grace moving forward in peace, not guilt and condemnation. My guess is you know you. You know you, and, and you know what your natural leanings are. And, and I encourage you to, to tap into the strength of your natural temperament, but also seek to take seriously the aspect of self-assessment that's, that's harder for you, whether it's more grace or whether it's more um, taking seriously obedience. Over the next two weeks, I want us to work through eight different questions that we're going to pray through and that we're going to bring to Jesus and, and ask Jesus, Jesus, in this area of obedience, how am I doing? In this area of obedience, how am I doing? And we're going to spend some time with Jesus and the Holy Spirit sifting and assessing how we're doing in the area of obedience. Now, how, how does this work? How, how might this look for you? Well, for me, what I would do is I would take these questions and I would sit in my Jesus place, the place where I normally pray and, and spend time with God, and I would go through these questions one at a time and pause. And I, I'd be like, Holy Spirit, come and help me as I ask Jesus about these questions. And then I, I would just write down whatever comes to my mind, even if at first I'm like, mm, I don't know, I, I might feel doubtful about this. It's okay. I'm going to write it down now and then I'm going to pray through these answers later and I'm going to assess them later. But first of all, I'm just going to write them down. Okay, so today we're going to go through the first four of these questions, and then the next four we'll, we'll go through next time. Okay, so there you are. You're, you're praying. And one of the questions you might ask Jesus is this. Number one, Jesus, is there anything that I'm not doing that I'm supposed to be doing? So this could be a wide variety of things. For instance, um, there's lots of things in the Bible that we're called to be doing, and and, and God might say something like, you know, you're being too critical of people, and I've called you to be encouraging. I've said encourage one another daily, not, not criticize each other daily. So the thing that you're, you're not doing, that you're supposed to be doing, is, is, is encouraging people. Encouraging people. Or, you know, God might say that to you. Or, or God might say, you know, you're not forgiving that person who really hurt you. I've told you to forgive everyone of everything. So step out in courage and forgive that person from the heart. Not saying that what they did is okay. No, it's not okay. Not saying they deserve to be forgiven. They probably don't, technically speaking, deserve to be forgiven. But forgive, maybe because I have forgiven you. I've talked to you in my word about forgiving people. Jesus, this is something that I'm 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 not doing well and that I feel convicted about and I'm, I should be doing. I need to forgive this person. Last spring, um, I was called up on the concept of Sabbath. Uh, Jesus wanted me to be giving him a, a day a week to stop and to rest and to find re re refreshment in him. The Spirit had been talking to me about that. And, and so um, I, I had been practicing it, but then I got busy. I got really busy and I started neglecting it a little bit. And, and that was some disobedience on, on my part. I felt like the Spirit had asked me to practice Sabbath consistently. And, and I, I knew that. And it was something that I, I stopped doing for a while. And I had to get back to it. There was some disobedience there to the Spirit's leading. Jesus, is there anything that I'm not doing that I'm supposed to be doing? That's a huge question and worth listening to about for a while. Obedience is a big topic, and it's it's not as simple as taking the 613 laws of Moses from, from the first five books of the Bible and making a checklist out of them and being like, check, check, doing this, doing this, doing this. Okay, obedience is good. So much of it is about proactively listening to what God is calling us to do, maybe even in this season of time. Okay, so that's the first question. Another question you might ask God in prayer is, Jesus, 
How am I doing at acting in small faith demonstrating ways, stepping out in appropriate obedience to what you've spoken to me about in the days to come? So let's say, let's say you feel God has said that a friend of yours is going to come to Christ. Okay, maybe in answer to your prayers or something like that. You could just sit back and, and wait for it to happen in faith. You know, God said it and, and you're going to believe it. But also, you could act in faith, in a small faith demonstrating appropriate way. Such as, maybe you have that friend over or you go out to coffee and you just ask him just a simple question. You know, have you been thinking about God much these days? Or, or what are you thinking about God these days? And it could just be something light and simple. And, and maybe they say, yes, I, I have been thinking about God. And, and you can take that, that conversation forward. Maybe they say no. And, and you, just, you just let it go for a while. You know, Jesus said he, this is going to happen. And you kind of stepped out. And, and if they're not thinking about it, it's okay. We know how we're going to pray. We're going to be just praying for them. Um, just a simple and appropriate way to act in faith about something God's spoken about. A gentle, obedient step. You know, God spoke to me uh, about a couple years ago about being a multi-locational church, having the lo- location in, in the north, south, east, and west of Glasgow here where I live. And I remember in the early days of starting our second location in Glasgow at the, on the south side, the pressures were high, the financial costs were high, the emotional costs were high. And then all of a sudden, in that context, an opportunity came up to maybe start a north location. Humanly speaking, it just seems so much the wrong time. And yet, demonstrating some faith and and gentle obedience, I started stepping out and having some of those conversations because, because God had been speaking about that and I wanted to just act in appropriate ways in line with what God had had said and just see if he's in that. Maybe you feel like God's spoken to you maybe about, I don't know, maybe your housing situation. And maybe God said that he's going to be providing a, a new place for you to, to live this year. I, I don't know. And maybe you can't see how that's possible, but you feel like God's spoken. And so in small faith demonstrating appropriate ways, maybe you start clearing out some of your cupboards in preparation for a move. How this connects to, with obedience is you, you feel like God's spoken about something. You can't make it happen yourself, but in some sort of preparatory obedience, you work towards preparing for the day that God's speaking about. It's like all the times in the Bible where God tells someone that they're going to win the battle ahead. And so in obedient faith, the leader gets the army together and, and assembled and, and, and get, them, get them all moving. God said there's going to be victory. Okay, let's start moving in obedience. Another question you might ask Jesus in prayer is this. Number three, Jesus, in your opinion, am I making the changes the Holy Spirit is currently prodding me to make in the area of purity? In the area of purity. Now, I read a lot of missionary biographies, and, and I think I'll, I'll talk about that someday, specifically in its own podcast, The Power of, of, of Biography and, and and learning through people who have gone before us. I, I learned so much about following God well and the reawakened life by reading about others and how they lived it and seeing the results and impact of their life as they've stayed with it over the years. It's been very helpful for me to see what other people have valued and, and prioritized and just seeing the impact on their souls. 
So there was this guy named John Hyde, and, and his story I read about in the book Praying Hyde, who was part of the Great Revival in India in the early 1900s, very early 1900s. And, and in his biography, I, I read these words. If we are willing to put ourselves in God's hands, then God is willing to use us. But there are two conditions, obedience and purity. Obedience in everything, even in the least, surrendering our wills and taking up the will of God. And the next step is purity. God wants pure vessels for his service, clean channels through which to pour forth his grace. He wants purity in the very center of the soul. When you're sitting there with Jesus, have the chat. Jesus, how am I doing in the area of purity? Am I living a life that's pushing us apart in, in this area? Purity changes require incredible courage. But you can't do that without the help of the Spirit. I, I, I know some of you might feel extremely discouraged in the area of purity in, in your life. Hopeless even. I know that some of you are so discouraged, you think there's absolutely no hope for you in this place. And that's a lie. That is not true. Now, I don't have time to talk right now about this much, but, but there's three directions I would briefly push you to go in in prayer if you find your willpower broken in the area of purity and you find yourself completely enslaved to, to some, something that's, that's not pure. The first thing I would encourage you to do is being, uh, being completely honest and broken before Jesus. Jesus, I am so weak in this area. I feel like, I feel like even if, if I'm only lightly tempted in this area, I'm going to fall. Like, I feel completely hopeless to this temptation. I'm not proud of this. I don't like this. I am, but I'm so weak. I, I, I'm broken in this area in, in, the, in the worst ways. Jesus, what I need for you to be is my shield, my defender. I need you to be my strong tower. I need you to completely protect me in this area of temptation. I, I'm a weak mess here. I need you to pronounce from heaven a decree forbidding temptation in this area. If it comes against me, I, I'm, I'm going to fall right now. I'm, I'm so weak right now. And I would just plead and plead for the help of God so that he can provide some sort of shelter for your, your heart to rebuild in this area, in this highly broken area, to provide a, a, a protection that, that gives you an, an environment for something to take root. Anyway, anyway, that's being completely honest with God. The, another thing I would encourage you to do is, is to confess your sin out loud and then rebuke the demonic Re rebuke demons who have grabbed firmly onto your life because you've given them a foothold in the area of disobedience. You just declare out loud that, that you've been purchased by the blood of Jesus and, and you repent for not following God and, and, and you just start commanding demons, I don't know what, what it, you know, lust, pornography, any particular purity vice to, to, to go in the name of Jesus. Just whatever comes to mind, go in the name of Jesus. My guess is that um, you might find your body responding uh, as you rebuke the demonic. Maybe you'll find yourself coughing or, or sneezing or feeling choking or some sort of physical thing while you out loud command these demons to go in the name of Jesus. Give it a go and keep coming back to it and just keep doing that until you're free. And then never go back to that vice again. Never go back. Never give the enemy an opportunity there. Thirdly, get help. 
get help. Maybe some friends that you're going to be honest and transparent with who will not just listen, but go to war with you in prayer. And this is important. If an accountability group just listens, the power of that group is in being humbled before people as you trip up fighting for victory. And the power there is in the dread of people knowing what you'd rather keep hidden, what you'd rather keep secret. And there's a place for that, and that's powerful. But what you really want is an accountability group that also wages war for you in prayer, that prays aggressively over you in person. They, they lay hands on you and they pray for, for God's protection over your life. They pray for deliverance. They pray for healing in, in the area of brokenness. And then they're committed to praying and, and waging war for you daily throughout the week when you're not around each other by interceding for you and pleading uh, to God. Yeah, so get help. Get help. Maybe a group. Maybe, maybe some counseling, some therapy, maybe prayer ministry, maybe deliverance ministry, maybe, maybe going on a prayer, healing, deliverance kind of retreat, but get help. Get help. And I know that's three things that are just way too briefly thrown out there, and maybe we can chat more about that someday, but, but purity is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And I guess connected with this question about purity is the fourth question, which is kind of the same as the purity question, just expanded a little bit. The fourth question is, Jesus, in your opinion, am I making the changes the Holy Spirit is currently prodding me to make in my lifestyle? In where I go? In, in what I do in my free time? Am I escaping too much? Maybe reading fiction too much? That used to be what I would do to escape when I was younger, or maybe escaping by watching YouTube or, or Netflix. Uh, now, no, neither of those existed when I was younger, sadly, but oh my goodness, can you imagine YouTube or Netflix on dial-up? You know, just it would be awful, like just waiting, ugh, painfully slow. Anyways, back to it. I am, the question is, am I honoring Jesus in my life? God, am I honoring you in my life, how I live, how I talk to people, my word choice, the attitude I have towards people? Am I honoring you in how I have fun or how I unwind or what I do when I'm stressed? In, in your opinion, Jesus, am I making the changes the Holy Spirit is currently prodding me to make in my lifestyle? We'll pick up with these last four questions next time. But all of these are discussions between you and Jesus, checking in on how you're doing in different areas of obedience. Not just obedience, but humble wholehearted, radical obedience to God in everything. When we're walking in disobedience, in a sense, we're walking away from Jesus. Now, now why? Because Jesus only walks in obedience. And so if we want to walk with Jesus, he's walking in full obedience only. So to feel as close as possible, that's where we want to be too, walking in full obedience. Now, again, if if you're not gracious with yourself generally, don't blast yourself to bits over this. Own it, repent, and then receive the grace of Jesus joyfully. Next time, uh, as well as finishing these four questions, we'll also end with talking about how we need to learn how to connect walking in full obedience with real and genuine joy. You know there's a connection there, right? Walking in full obedience with having joy genuine joy. 
Anyways, we'll talk about that next time. For, for now, thank you for listening. The challenge that I give you this time is to work through these four questions alone with Jesus. Set aside some time, maybe 10, 15 minutes, and pray slowly through these questions. Take notes and then maybe, maybe, assess, maybe assess afterwards. If you enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful or thinking someone you know might find it helpful, please take a moment and, and help get the word out about this podcast. You can do that in one of three very significant ways. You can subscribe to this podcast. The plan is to release a new podcast every two weeks or so. If you hit the subscribe button, you will be alerted when the next episode's available. Secondly, you can rate and review this on iTunes. This is huge. It only takes a few seconds. Thirdly, Get the word out on social media. If this is helpful to you, it might also be helpful to someone else. It would be huge if you would take 20 seconds to share this on social media and and help us get the word out. Who knows? But I think it's quite possible that some of the people who are following you on social media might be feeling further from God than they would prefer and might be wondering how they can rekindle that closeness to God. Again, thank you for rating this, reviewing this, and getting the word out. It, it means a lot to me personally. It makes a big difference. And specifically, I believe it helps other people who are feeling stuck and dissatisfied with where their heart is with God. My heart is to see our whole generation reawakened to walk in fresh, close, long-lasting, life-giving connection to the God of the Bible. Some people can fumble through this path alone, but everyone does exponentially better with help. Thank you.